Um, this is Hannah Michaels, and... This is Barry Michaels. And uh, this is our intro episode for Free Therapy. Basically, we just recorded um, our first episode with Brock Wilbur, very funny guy, and uh, we realized that it doesn't make sense to people why there's this mock therapy session going on with a comedian, and there's this girl there who's always interrupting it and chewing ice. So we thought we would... Uh, make an introductory episode, just sort of showing who we are and why we're doing this. And the main reason is that I roped Dad into helping my career and uh, doing a podcast with me because he is much more successful than I am at this point. And why is that? Because I'm much older, mostly. No, no, no. And, I mean, what have you done? And you didn't have to rope me into it. I really enjoyed it, and I'm happy to do it. And um, I'm a therapist. I've been a therapist for 30 years, and... Uh, I recently wrote a book with my writing partner, Phil Stutz, called The Tools, and it was on the New York Times bestseller list, and it's a great book. It is. Um, it's it's very practical self-help. It's not like The Secret or anything. I've been, I've been really harping on The Secret this whole time, but it's kind of warranted um, in that Dad's, uh, Dad's book actually requires that you do work in order to improve yourself. Um and uh, when, when he called me and told me that it was going to be called The Tools, I tried to convince him that it was the name of a famous fetish porn site, but he did not believe me. <laughs> I have exhausted all credibility. And uh, why is that? I, I did believe you long enough to look up on the internet The Tools and realize, no, it wasn't really a fetish porn site. Foiled again by Google. Um, the fact that I didn't think far enough to, uh, oh yeah, he could just look this up, <laughs> is really a signifier for how my entire life has gone. Um, we really enjoyed talking to Brock Wilbur, and uh, we hope you will too. I think it's a great podcast for anyone who's interested in comedy or therapy or anything in between. Oh, totally. Um, wow, you just got really professional there. <laughs> Those. That was pretty cool. Thank you. That's my my radio experience. That's, yeah. Oh, you did get to say fuck on NPR, didn't you? Did I? I think you did. I don't remember that. I think I heard you saying fuck on NPR. Oh, I think I did. It's, and, and just to clarify, that's, uh, that's not a white person's middle name on NPR. That is a word that he actually used. It's, it's, I've noticed that NPR hosts tend to have multicultural really bizarre names and they're all just white people from the Hamptons. Um, it's, uh, I did a, I did a podcast recently and, um, and we were rattling off NPR names and, um, it's, uh, I don't know. Kajon Cermak is the one that came to me. Do you, can you think of any NPR names? Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that was not a good area. Sometimes <laughs> that was, it's just, yes, and Barry. My mind just blanks. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think um, one of the reasons that we're doing this is uh, because I think we're we have a really really good relationship, and it didn't always used to be that way, and so now we have all these stories that are. Funny now, um, weren't so much at the time, 
and um, and I also really just want to take advantage of Dad's success. <laughs> I think also it's um, look. I treat a lot of parents, and I know that it's nice to know that you can get through your kids' adolescence and teenage years when you really don't get along. And you can come out the other side and feel like you're actually friends and you can actually do things together and support one another and feel feel one another's support. Because uh, so many parents feel like that's never going to happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think so many, not just parents, I felt like that was never going to happen. Exactly. I felt like, you know, you and mom were always going to be trying to, to change me and didn't realize that you guys were just, you know... We're just scared. And we thought you were always going to be trying to kill us. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing about this, by the way. Joking. <laughs> just a joke. It's, I, I, I come to think of the way I behaved. I'm not entirely surprised. Um, I can still scare the shit out of people. I, I didn't bite you, did I? <laughs> no, you never bit me. Okay. No. Just check. Your misbehavior was always really sophisticated. That's what made it so torturous. <laughs> Really? Yeah, we couldn't keep up with you. <laughs> you. We always felt like you were like three steps ahead of us. <laughs> oh, shit, what she's going to do next. <laughs> That's sad, considering I was a child. <laughs> a very smart one. Oh, thanks. It's, um, I, I can, I, I feel like um, I'm really glad we're doing this because it makes me feel a lot better because I feel I kind of had the sense all through all through life of, I am a huge disappointment. Because mm. um, you guys have all these stories about me as a kid and being like so smart and articulate, and and now I use it for poop jokes. <laughs> Listen, their social utility is relative. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck that means? <laughs> That's okay. Let me let me give a second take on that. Making people laugh is probably one of the most important things you can do. So, don't judge poop jokes. That was the sweetest lie anyone's ever told me. I, I you know, I could have been a doctor. As, as Bubby so clearly said many times, my grandmother um, was, didn't, wasn't really religious at all uh, by any means, but was the classic... Jewish grandmother of be a doctor, be a doctor, be a doctor, be a doctor. Fine, just marry a doctor. <laughs> that was that was absolutely what she wanted for us both. Yes. Um, and you, or you became a lawyer for a while, and then, and then decided, uh, nope. And then I decided to torture her even more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's. I'm kind of jealous that you grew up in a time when you could, you know, I mean, you, you were, you guys were like a regular middle class family, and you could afford to go to Harvard, and then decide, and 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 then law school, and then decide. I don't think I want to do this, and go back to school. Yes. There's no way. No way that someone could do that in this generation. Yeah. And. uh yeah, wow. Yes. Yeah. I just got really depressed. <laughs> just 
I don't know. I um. Although you really one of, another one of the reasons I'm doing this, I'm just realizing is that you are probably one of the most understanding baby boomers out there. I think. Um, Thank you. I think uh, a lot of a lot of uh, baby boomers think that uh, our generation doesn't really have merit and that we're too narcissistic, which we are narcissistic. But, you know, we have also, we also have legitimate ideas and a lot of people, you know, well, I worked two jobs to put myself through school and well, that's not possible anymore. You could work through two jobs and still not make ends meet to put yourself through school. And, um, and I was really extremely lucky to, to not even have to do that. And, um, so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is thank you for making, uh, making it possible for me to waste my life like this. <laughs> You're welcome. And I never for a moment have considered it a waste. I, I, whatever you do, I know that it's going to be useful in some way. I have complete faith in that. This is getting cheesy. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so cynical. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I love it. This is great. What actually? I want to know what uh, made you decide to, that you wanted to be a therapist. Um, you know, I I I originally wanted to be president. As strange as that sounds, um, I wanted to be the first <laughs> Jewish president of the United States. I went to Harvard. That was part of my plan. I went to law school. That was part of my plan. The next part of the plan didn't work out too well. I went to work for a law firm and I just, I really was bored. I didn't hate it. I was just excruciatingly bored. But I had been so kind of addicted to the prestige of Harvard and law and everything else. I just had no idea what I wanted to do next. And so I really had to quit my law firm having no idea what the next step was. I had some money saved up. I went to Europe. Um, I played guitar on street corners and just kind of bummed around Europe for about two or three months, and, but gradually began to do some writing and thinking about what it was that I did enjoy. And the thing that I came on was the thing I enjoyed the most, especially at my law firm, was that for my whole life, people have come to me for advice. And I never really thought of it as a special skill or anything, but I actually do give pretty good advice. And it felt fulfilling to me at my law firm when associates would come to me and they would leave my office really happy, you know, like I had really helped them. And I realized I could make money at that. I could do that for a living. And that's when I decided to become a therapist. And when I, when I made that move, I just knew it was right because from day one in, in shrink school, I just was happy. I just knew I was doing exactly what I was meant to do. You're very professional about it, as evidenced by the fact that you call it shrink school. Exactly. <laughs> that's, um, I, I think very few people are really lucky to do what they want, and I think that that's... I mean, I'm sure that that's why you're so supportive of me doing comedy and my voice getting hoarser, is that, um, is that you kind of went through that whole thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just think everybody is born for a purpose and they're supposed to do that thing. And, you know, I 
think everyone needs to support themselves, but if they can support themselves and do that thing that they're meant to do, that's, that's the best. I'm still working on the support themselves part, but, um, you'll get there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm starting. It's, Hey, if you need any social media, (laughs) uh, work or something, I, I tweet, I tweet for old people. That's what I do. (laughs) I write tweets for people who don't want to have to deal with writing tweets. And she does a really good job of it. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, I did have a lot of fun when I wrote for that home security company, and I got to tweet stuff like, uh, like um, we're not parenting experts, but we're pretty sure installing our security cameras in your kid's bathroom is a good idea. <laughs> stuff like that, because they just had no oversight whatsoever. They did, they did not look at what I tweeted. Wow. Um. So I got to have a lot of fun with that. And then when I tried to go back in and destroy them because they didn't uh, they didn't pay me for six months, um, they had changed the password. Uh. Because they knew specifically that I would do that. Because that's the kind of employee I am. Hire me! Uh, I think... Um, God, I really hope that this, uh, this podcast can... Um, that we can really get at what makes um, what makes someone want to be a comic, and um, also just kind of like you know maybe maybe just have a few free therapy sessions that um, that I am unfairly sitting in on, uh, just so that uh, we can sort of people who are listening can uh, hopefully relate to a lot of the things that that we're saying and maybe you know i think also i you know having already recorded the brock wilbur podcast we're talking about comedy but we're also really delving into the creative process in general whether it's comedy writing Mm -hmm. making music you know or anything else anybody i think who's interested in creativity will be interested in these podcasts. Oh, absolutely. And um, the, what the world needs is another podcast about the creative process. <laughs> um, but I think you're right. I think, uh, I think that's very true. And you've worked with a lot of creative people. Um, right. You were also written into an episode of 24 in which the character based on you just says, hold on, breathe a lot. <laughs> Um, and also dates a 20-something-year-old. Yes, Alicia Cuthbert is his girlfriend. Yeah, that's... Uh... Pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good job with your high-five for your fictional girlfriend. Yes. Our <laughs> high-five just missed. just missed. <laughs> <laughs> Our jeans are terrible. So lame, yeah. <laughs> that's the Mike Levitz gene. Yeah. <laughs> And with that, I think we'll say goodbye and look for our first podcast with Brock Wilbur. Enjoy. Enjoy.